In the language of prayer, quite possibly one of the more popular phrases a person might pray would be, thy will be done. Of course, that's how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. The disciples, seeing Jesus always at prayer, said to him, Master, teach us how to pray. And he said, well, pray in this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's the way in which Jesus himself prayed on the night of agony in the Garden of Gethsemane when he said, Father, not my will be done, but your will be done. It's the way in which the Blessed Virgin Mary, who is held up during the Advent season as a model worthy of imitation, that she prayed, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. In our own lives, sometimes there might be difficult situations that arise or new opportunities. And we pray, what is your will, God, in this moment for me? What am I to do? So how is it that we know, after we pray for God's will to be done, that in fact we are doing God's will? I think we can subject that question to a test, to a few different types of tests. And depending what the answer is, it might tell us if we're doing the will of God or not. I think the very first test would be, am I doing this out of love? So whatever it is, God, let your will be done. Is it out of love? Because the will of God is never hatred. It's never anger. It's always about love. And so is it the will of God? St. Augustine famously said, love God and do whatever you want. It wasn't to give a license for sin, but he was saying that if you first love God, well, that's going to motivate every other action in your life. And so from love of God and of neighbor, we will know if we're doing the will of God. Maybe secondly, we could say, is there peace? Oftentimes when a person has an opportunity that's being presented to them, and they pray about it, they ask God for help, they seek counsel. There's a sense of peace that overcomes them, that they know that they're doing what is right. It's a peace, perhaps, that we cannot describe or understand. If there's anxiety about a decision, if there's worry, angst, well, maybe it's not the will of God then, because God's will brings us to a sense of peace. Thirdly, Am I convicted? So if we're doing the will of God or we think we're doing the will of God, we're going to strongly believe that this is what God wants me to do, that it will be a strong conviction of ours. It won't be going back and forth, I think this is what God wants, or maybe he doesn't, but we'll strongly believe in our heart, in the depths of our hearts, that we are doing the will of God. And so conviction might be another test. Uh, the last one might seem at odds with this idea of conviction, so probably there's either conviction or there might be resistance. That oftentimes to do the will of God might mean that we are resisting God's will in our life. That sometimes if there is that opportunity, whatever it is we're praying about, that maybe we're trying to run away from it. We know it's what we should do, but we don't want to do it, and so we try to run away. And so that's a sign of resistance. 
Another sign might be, well, if I know that I should do this, but then I call all my friends and I give to them the situation and ask them what they would do, I'm trying to let someone convince me otherwise. And so that's another sign of resistance. So if we are resisting the will of God, well, then we probably know what God's will is. Oftentimes, when we make the decision, when we take the leap of faith, knowing and believing in our heart that this is God's will, oftentimes there will be a confirmation. That confirmation of God's will might come days or weeks or months or years afterwards, but we'll know in a particular moment that, yes, I did the will of God. I think the classic example that we could use today is the one from our gospel of the visitation of Mary going and visiting her cousin Elizabeth. How did this come about? Well, Mary was in her home in Nazareth. She received the visitation of the angel, and the angel told her that she was going to be the mother of the Lord, of the Savior. And she also said, there's something impossible that has happened, that your cousin Elizabeth, who is now six months with child, she who is called barren, will now give birth. Mary, out of love of God, out of love of neighbor, goes and serves her cousin Elizabeth. To do that must have been the will of God for her because she was doing it out of love. She was strongly convicted because the gospel writer says she went in haste to the hill country in a town of Judah. And so she doesn't deliberate, she doesn't wait, but she goes right away. And so maybe in that sense, she knows that it's the will of God. And once she arrives at the doorstep of the home of Zechariah and Elizabeth, she knows that this is what she was supposed to do. This is where she is supposed to be. Because Elizabeth greets her, blessed are you among women, and then the infant in her womb leaps for joy. This meeting of John and Jesus in the womb, it becomes the confirmation that this is exactly where Mary needs to be. This season of Advent, we've been waiting for the coming of the Messiah. We've been waiting for Christmas Day, and we have just a few hours left. And so I think our whole life really could be called a season of Advent because we're always waiting for that moment in which we'll be able to see God face to face. And so in our life as we wait, maybe the way in which we should be praying is the way that the author of the Hebrew says, Behold, I come to do your will. Or better yet, in the words of Jesus, who told us to pray, Thy will be done.